story thirty two of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story thirty two jude gopher hill had determined that it could not endure jude any longer the inhabitants of gopher hill possessed an unusual amount of kindness and long-suffering as was proved by the fact that chinamen were allowed to work all abandoned claims at the hill had further proof been necessary it would have been afforded by the existence of a church directly beside the saloon although the frequenters of the sacred edifice had often during week evening meetings annoyed convivial souls in the saloon by requesting them to be less noisy but jude was too much for gopher hill no one molested him when he first appeared but each citizen entered a mental protest within his own individual consciousness for jude had a bad reputation in most of the settlements along spanish creek it was not that he had killed his man and stolen several horses and mules and got himself into a state of most disorderly inebriation for in the opinion of many gopher hillites these actions might have been the visible results of certain virtuous conditions of mind but jude had after killing a man spent the victim's money he had stolen from men who had befriended him he had jumped claims he had denied his score at the storekeepers he had lied on all possible occasions and had gambled away money which had been confided to him in trust one mining camp after another had become too hot for him but he never adopted a new set of principles when he staked a new claim so his stay in new localities was never of sufficient length to establish the fact of legal residence his name seemed to be a respectable cognomen of scriptural extraction but it was really a contraction of a name which while equally scriptural and far more famous was decidedly unpopular the name of judas iscariot the whole name had been originally bestowed upon jude in recognition of his success in swindling a mining partner but with an acuteness of perception worthy of emulation the miners determined that the length of the appellation detracted from its force so they shortened it to jude as a few of the more enterprising citizens of gopher hill were one morning discussing the desirableness of getting rid of jude and wondering how best to effect such a result they received important foreign aid a man rode up to the saloon dismounted and tacked on the wall a poster offering one thousand dollars reward for the apprehension of a certain person who had committed an atrocious murder a month before at duck run the names and aliases of the guilty person were unfamiliar to those who gathered about the poster but the description of the murderer's appearance was so suggestive that squire bogern one of the bystanders found jude and requested him to read the poster well twasn't me done it sulkily growled the namesake of the apostolic treasurer there ain't nobody in gopher that'd take a feller up for a reward replied the squire studiously oblivious of jude's denial but it's a nice mornin for a walk you can't miss the trail and get lost you know and seein you haven't staked any claim and so hain't got any to dispose of maybe yer could get inside of five minutes jude was accustomed to notices to quit and was able to extract their import from any verbiage whatever 
so he drank by and to himself and immediately sauntered out of town with an air of bravado in his carriage and a very lonesome look on his face down the trail he tramped past claims whose occupants knew him well enough but who just as he passed found some excuse for looking the other way he passed through one camp after another and discovered for he stopped at each saloon that the man on horseback had preceded him and that there seemed a wonderful unanimity of opinion as to the identity of the man who was wanted finally after passing through several of the small camps which were dotted along the trail a mile or two apart jude flung himself on the ground under a clump of azaleas with the air of a man whose temper had been somewhat ruffled i wonder he remarked after a discursive fitful but very spicy preface of ten minutes duration why they couldn't find something i had done instead of tucking some other fellow's job on me i have had difficulties but this here one's just one more than i knows on like nuff some galoot'll be mean nuff to try to git that thousand i'd try it myself if i was only somebody else wonder why i can't be decent like other fellers twon't pay to waste time thinkin about that though for i'll have to make a livin somehow jude indulged in a long sigh perhaps a penitential one and drew from his pocket a well-filled flask which he had purchased at the last saloon he had passed as he extracted it there came also from his pocket a copy of the poster which he had abstracted from a tree en route thar tis again he exclaimed angrily can't be satisfied showing itself everywhere but must come out of my pocket without being axed let's see perhaps i don't mean me after all one eye gone broken nose scar on right cheek powder marks on left stumpy beard sallow complexion hang-dog look i'd give a thousand if i had it to get the feller that writ that and yet it means me and no dodgin lord lord what did the old woman say if she was to see me nowadays he looked intently at the flask for a moment or two as if expecting an answer therefrom then he extracted the cork and took a generous drink but even the liquor failed to help him to a more cheerful view of the situation for he continued nobody knows me nobody says hello nobody asks me to name my bidders nobody even cusses me they let me stake a claim but nobody offers to lend me a pick or a shovel and nobody ever comes to the shanty to spend the evenin less it's a greenhorn curse em all i'll make some of em bleed for it i'll get their dust and go back east there's plenty of folks thar that'll be glad to see me if i've got the dust and maybe twould comfort the old woman some after all the trouble i've made her offer rewards for me do they i'll give em some reason to do it i ain't afeard of the whole state of california and good lord what's that the gentleman who was not afraid of the whole state of california sprang hastily to his feet turned very pale and felt for his revolver for he heard rapid footsteps approaching by a little path in the bushes but though the footsteps seemed to come nearer and very rapidly he slowly took his hand from his pistol and changed his scared look for a puzzled one cryin reckon i ain't in danger from anybody's bellerin but it's the fust time i've heard that kind of a noise in these parts must be a woman sounds like what i used to hear to home when i got on a tear tis a woman 
as he concluded there emerged from the path a woman who was neither very young nor very pretty but her face was full of pain and her eyes full of tears which signs of sorrow were augmented by a considerable scare as she suddenly found herself face to face with the unhandsome jude don't be afeard o' me marm said jude as the woman retreated a step or two i'm durn sorry for you whatever's the matter i've got a wife to home and it makes me so sorry to hear her cry that i get blind drunk as quick as i can this tender statement seemed to reassure the woman for she looked inquiringly at jude and asked have you seen a man and woman go long with a young un nary replied jude young one lost yes exclaimed the woman commencing to cry again and a husband too i don't care much for him for he's a brute but johnny blessed little johnny oh oh and the poor woman sobbed pitifully jude looked uneasy and remembering his antidote for domestic tears extracted the bottle again he slowly put it back untasted however and exclaimed what does he look like marm the husband i mean i never wanted an excuse to put a hole through a feller as bad as i do this morning don't oh don't hurt him for god's sake cried the woman he ain't a good husband he's run off with another woman but but he's johnny's father yet if you could get johnny back he's the only comfort i ever had in the world the dear little fellow oh dear me and again she sobbed as if her heart was broken tell us about em where have they gone to what do they look like maybe i can get em for you said jude looking as if inclined to beat a retreat or do anything to get away from the sound of the woman's crying get him get johnny cried the woman falling on her knees and seizing jude's hand i can't give you anything for doing that but i'll pray for you as long as i've got breath that god may reward you i reckon said jude as he awkwardly disengaged his hand that prayin is what'll do me more good than anything else just now big feller is your husband and got any idee whar he is he is a big man replied the woman and he goes by the name of marksy in these parts and you'll find him at the widow beckles across the creek kill her if you like i hope somebody will but johnny johnny has got the loveliest brown eyes and the sweetest mouth that was ever made and oh reckon i'll judge for myself interrupted jude starting off toward the creek and followed by the woman i know whar widder beckles is and and i've got enough stealin i guess to be able to grab a little boy without gettin catched spanish crick's pretty deep along here and the current runs heavy but the remainder of jude's sentence was left unspoken for just then he stepped into the creek and the chill of the snow-fed stream caused him to hold his breath remember you ain't to hurt him screamed the woman nor her either god forgive me but bring johnny bring johnny and god be with you the woman stood with clasped hands watching jude until he reached the opposite bank shook himself and disappeared and then she leaned against a tree and trembled and cried until she was startled by hearing someone say but beg pardon ma'am but have you seen any one pass the woman raised her head and saw a respectable severe-looking man in clothing rather neater than was common along spanish creek only one she replied and he's the best man livin'. he's gone to get johnny he won't be gone long your husband ma'am oh no sir i never saw him before 
one eye gone broken nose scar on the right cheek powder marks on that oh yes sir that's the man said the wondering woman perhaps you may not have seen this said the man handing her one of the posters describing jude then he uttered a shrill whistle the woman read the paper through and cried it's somebody else it must be no murderer would be so kind to a poor friendless woman oh god have i betrayed him don't take him sir it must be somebody else i wish i had money i would pay you more than the reward just to go away and let him alone madam replied the man beckoning to two men who were approaching i could not accept it nor will i accept the reward it is the price of blood but i am a minister of the gospel ma'am and in this godless generation it is my duty to see that the outraged dignity of the law is vindicated my associates i regret to say are actuated by different motives you just bet high on that exclaimed one of the two men who had approached a low-browed bestial ruffian half a thousand's more'n i could pan out in a fortnight no matter how good luck i had parson he is a fool but we ain't no right to grumble about it seeing we get his share eh parlez-vous you speak truly mike replied his companion a rather handsome-looking frenchman of middle age and yet jinglerieur likes not the labour what not that he had lost his last ounce at monte and had the fever for play still in his blood not one sou would he earn in such ungentle a manner god's worst curses on all of you cried the woman with an energy which inspired her plain face and form with a terrible dignity and power if you lay a hand on a man who is the only friend a poor woman has ever found in the world glorieur shuddered and mike receded a step or two but the ex-minister maintained the most perfect composure and exclaimed poor fools it is written the curse causeless shall not fall and yet madam i assure you that i most tenderly sympathize with you in your misfortunes whatever they may be then let him alone cried the woman my only child has been stolen away from me dear little johnny and the man offered to go get him and you've made me betray him oh god curse you all madam replied the still imperturbable parson the crime of blood guiltiness cannot be imputed to you for you did not know what you were doing the woman leaned against a tree and waited until glorieux declared to the parson he would abandon the chase it is useless said he striking a dramatic attitude and pointing to the woman for her tears have quenched the fiery fever in the blood of glorieux then i'll get the whole thousand growled mike and i'll need it too if i've got to stand this sort of thing much longer a confused sound of voices on the other side of the creek attracted the attention of the men and caused the woman to raise her head a moment later jude appeared with a child in his arms and plunged into the water now we'll have him cried the parson and you madam will have your child be ready to chase him in if he attempts to run when he gets ashore go back go back screamed the woman they are after you these men try to the law-abiding parson placed his hand over the woman's mouth but found himself promptly flying backward through space while mike roared touch a woman will you no thousand dollars nor any other money'll hire me to travel with such a scoundrel catch him yourself if you want to 
but if you do said glorier politely as he drew his revolver it will be necessary for glorier to slay the lord's anointed follered by thunder said mike it was true during the few seconds which had been consumed in conversation jude got well into the creek he had not seemed to hear the woman's warning but now a greater danger threatened him for on the opposite bank of the creek there appeared a man who commenced firing at jude's head and the small portion of his shoulders that was visible the monster oh the wretch screamed the woman he may hit johnny his only son oh god have mercy on me and save my child a shot immediately behind her followed the woman's prayer and glorier exclaimed pointing to the opposite bank where marxy was staggering and falling glorier gathered from your words that a divorce would be acceptable madam uh, behold you have it pity nobody didn't think of it sooner observed mike shading his eyes as he stared intently at jude for there's a red streak in the water right behind him the woman was already standing at the water's edge with hands clasped in an agony of terror and anxiety the three men hastened to join her wish i could swim said mike for he's getting weak and needs help the parson sprang into the water and in spite of the chill and the swift current he was soon by jude's side take the young un gasped jude i'm a goner put your hand on my shoulder said the parson i can get you both ashore tain't no use said jude feebly corpses don't count for much in californy but your immortal part remonstrated the parson trying to seize jude by the hand which held little johnny god of mercy on it whispered the dying man it's the first time he ever had an excuse to do it strong man and expert swimmer as the ex-minister was he was compelled to relinquish his hold of the wounded man and jude after one or two fitful struggles against his fate drifted lifeless down the stream and into eternity while the widowed mother regained her child the man of god the chivalrous frenchman and the brutish mike slowly returned to their camp but no one who met them could imagine from their looks that they were either of them any better than fugitives from justice End of story thirty two